Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Welcome to another episode. I'm so excited. I have a client spotlight today and another one in my series of the value of coaching. I think she brings a unique perspective because she is also a coach. And so we can talk about all things coaching. I love doing that. And my client, Jane Jones, I'm going to let her tell you all about herself and then we're going to dive in. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Break. I am excited for you to be here too. Like this is month what? This is month eight because you signed on again. I think again. so. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I re-upped. I was mm-hmm. like, don't let anyone have my spot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. That's the way I was with my coach. I was like, matter of fact, I still call her every once in a while. I was like, uh, you taking any one-on-ones? Like she's totally stopped taking one-on-ones. And like I was with her for like a year and a half. So I I totally get that part. So (laughs) first of all, tell everybody what you do, what your specialty is, all of it, your background, what brought you to coaching. Just tell them all about your goodness. Okay, sure. So most broadly, I'm a book, I'm a book writing coach. Mm -hmm. So I do coaching and more of the kind of consulting area of book writing for academic women who are writing books, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to academics who are writing articles or grant proposals. And the way I came into that was that I used to be a professor. I was an assistant professor of sociology for three years. And I realized that the academic institution was not a place I wanted to spend my whole life. But I wanted to stay in that world, you know, of kind of like intellectual thought and exchange and writing and reading. So at first I was an editor. Mm -hmm. I worked with clients, you know, they would be writing articles or books and they would come to me for some level of editing mm-hmm. on their documents before they submitted them for publication. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that nobody got me anything on time. <laughs> so right. I was like, as a sociologist, I was like, I'm noticing some patterns here and what's going on. So that kind of organically led to the coaching because people were having a lot of mindset issues around, is this good enough? Is it ready to share? Is it ready to be submitted? What if somebody doesn't like it? You know, a lot of fear, anxiety. And I realized, you know, about halfway into my career, I started this business in 2014. So probably Mm -hmm. around 2017, 18, I was like, this is the real issue. Like, right. (laughs) Right. It's always, right? Always, right? I'm like, and of course, people do need help with their writing. Because they don't teach you how to do it in graduate school. No one teaches you how to write a book. Mm -hmm. But you also need help with deciding that you're capable of writing a book. Yeah. Especially the people I work with, primarily Black women, you know, other minoritized faculty in the academy, they're really socialized to believe that they're not capable of doing these things. And they internalize that. So we coach a lot on breaking that socialization and really stepping into your own expertise and confidence in writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I love it. So tell us about your program with that. The one program I have now called Elevate, Mm -hmm. which Break knows all about. (laughs) We've been running it for a year and it's a small group program where you come in and you're working on your books. Maybe you're just at the beginning, you finished your dissertation and you're revising or you're closer to, you know, the mid stage of your book. You have a couple of chapters and you're, you know, you need to finish it. And we give you, and we, as a team, we give you developmental editing, project management support. So how do I write my book when I'm also teaching, mentoring, being an administrator, writing articles, applying for grants, all of the things that professors do in a workday, you know, the three jobs they have. Mm -hmm. And also, in addition to that productivity, kind of project management and editing support, we also do a lot of coaching around all of those mindset issues that I was talking about. Am I capable of writing this? I got this feedback and I feel like I can't move forward because I'm so upset about this feedback. You know, how do we work through those types of issues so that you can write your book and actually enjoy it? You know, so many people on the tenure track write their books and they feel awful. Right. Right. You know, they just, they just feel like shit. Can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> hey, what do y'all think? Y'all think she can cuss? <laughs> You know, you're, they're, they're writing their book and they feel like shit because they have a lot of thoughts about what other people are saying to them about their writing, what they're saying to themselves about their writing, mm-hmm. and none of it serves them. Right. You know, so how do you understand that those thoughts, number one, are natural, like you're not bad for feeling them, but also mm-hmm. that you can move through them, which of course is what... I have learned working with you. (laughs) Totally. Right. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Like, I think one of the values of coaching is like whenever you create any goal, I don't care what it is, just a goal that stretches you outside of your comfort zone, expect the mind drama to come. And that's Mm -hmm. what coaching does is it helps you normalize that because once you normalize it, like, okay, this is the part where you freak out and it's normal to freak out because we have this Mm -hmm. thing of like, I'm supposed to be this strong, independent black woman. Like it's Mm -hmm. just writing a book. We tell ourselves it's crazy that we're like, we know it's crazy to think that their feedback means something, but yet we still really believe that their feedback means something. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like normalize that and then go towards it and, and look at it and understand that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And understand, you know, that, Within the structure of academia, yeah, people's feedback is going to, you know, people might decide not to accept something or to accept something. And that's fine, you know, but that doesn't mean that you then have to internalize that feedback. It's like, oh, I'm a bad scholar now. Right. This didn't get accepted. It's like, no, this happened Mm -hmm. and we're going to move forward to the next project. Mm -hmm. And this person said what they said. And that was actually more about their thoughts than it was about anything that you did in your writing. Yes. You know, so helping people get there, I think right. so that's good. where the, that's where the magic happens. I think when people can get there. Totally. Right. Like their feedback is a C now it's neutral. It's a circumstance. I don't have to make mm-hmm. it mean anything. I don't internalize it. Now what do I want to mm-hmm. do? That's when you like flip the switch and take your power back. I love mm-hmm. that part of it. Okay. So what brought you to get on my calendar? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I remember, I'm like, when did, when did we start working together? Probably July or around there. So 
I had been in business coaching masterminds and that was what I was first introduced to coaching. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is interesting because I've done, you know, therapy before and I did therapy with like someone who specialized in high achieving woman. And that was great. And business coaching was great too. And then I was like, I need something that's like kind of both of these, like one-on-one was something that at that moment I thought was important to me. And I wanted somebody who had experience dealing with black women in particular. Cause I feel like we have unique circumstances that we face. Yeah. And then I heard you on the life coach school podcast and I was like, who is this break? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, she sounds amazing. So like I went to Google and I was like, Brig Johnson, I'm looking everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I just need to schedule a consultation. And then we had our consultation and I was like, this is exactly what I need. Because I think I was still in the place where I was trying to get through my thoughts too quickly. Mm, right. Like I was like, oh, you shouldn't feel bad. You yeah. shouldn't feel bad. Yeah. You shouldn't be stressed that your business isn't you know, hitting the goals you want to, like, you should just like focus on the next thing. Like, right. I think this is something we've worked on a lot in our coaching. Like I'm super feature focused. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I always want to move on to the next thing. Right. Right. And in some ways that's good, but in other ways it's like, you need to like sit here for a second. Mm-hmm. And whether the present thing is good or bad, I'm like, let's just move on. Right. Move on right. 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 It's like, it's like slow down. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just that thing of like recognizing like where you are is normal. Now what I want to do. But it's like when we start using thought work and we get it, it's like, oh, now it's just another weapon we use against ourselves. Like, I shouldn't be thinking this. I'm like, oh, here comes the self-flogging. Like, and I even mm-hmm. show y'all like self-flogging. This is yeah. what you're doing, right? And it's like, oh, I'm doing that oh, again. Yeah. And it's a pattern that we have as black women. I just want to bring compassion. I've always said it. Like I create containers of compassion. I will continue to say it because mm-hmm. I think it is the missing piece for us. It's like to create container of compassion that we get to be where we are too. Because we're so used to doing and not just being and allowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're not constantly like in motion, taking action, then something is wrong. Like you're lazy or you're not you don't care enough. You're not invested. And it's like, right. no, like action isn't always a symbol of care. You know, like right. sometimes it is, but sometimes you're, you're just being busy to be busy. Right. Right. Because you feel like you have to prove something. Yes. Because we're socialized as women of color to like, we have to prove something. We have stereotypes that we have to disprove. Like we take that mm-hmm. burden on of like, I don't want to be perceived as the, whatever the, the yeah. is. Right? As lazy or like the freeloader mm-hmm. or you know, whatever it is. Right. And so both you and your coaching, I love the fact that you bring that to your clients for them, which is like, oh, like that not enoughness or I'm not capable, that mindset that we've internalized comes in. Like we come up Mm -hmm. against that whenever we hit a goal as black women. And I think spaces where we can talk about that in our own way makes a difference because Mm -hmm. I've been in other ones and it was like, oh, you believe, but in I didn't, what I didn't realize was that underneath thinking that I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a black girl. Like I have to, like those thoughts are the thoughts that we don't bring to, not often do we bring to the table in Mm -hmm. mixed company. Right. 
Yes. But we can definitely do sure. it in a safe zone of like, yeah. Or before they even, I just bring it up because I know mm-hmm. it's a part of our culture and it's like, all right, is this what you're thinking? Yeah. And why? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think having, you know, in the program that I run Elevate, like having a container that's run by somebody who they're like, I know that this space is going to be a space where I do this and say this, mm-hmm. and there isn't going to be any type of repercussion, even if it's not a space that's all black women. Right. Like, yeah, the black women are like, well, we know to like, Jane, Jane's not going to let. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, we're going to keep it focused and you know, like there's not going to be any gaslighting in here. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. And we're not going to tell you it's just a thought. Like we're going to like acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're going to acknowledge like these things are real. Like, yes. And then how you choose to respond to them is where you get to claim your power. But like, we're not going to say you're exaggerating. You're like, oh, it's just a thought. It's not really happening. It's neutral. Like it might not be, (laughs) you know, and that's fine. Like, it's not okay, but that's what it is. And then we can decide how to proceed from there. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. So what are some of the things that we've coached through, like that you've worked on anything that you care to like show the, like the before and after, like, cause we, we coach on everything. Like, I know. I'm like, we coach on a lot of things. You want me to pick one? No. <laughs> right? I think that's one of the values of having a, like, a general life coach that can, like, mm-hmm. we've, we've coached on you on your email for Elevate. We've coached on you, like, mm-hmm. on relationships, on health. We, we've coached on everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe not one particular thing, but the kind of broader and then I'll bring it back to like an example but like the broader thing that we've coached on is just like and not the thing but like one mm-hmm. of the most important is like cultivating more trust in myself mm-hmm. I think I was looking externally to a lot of different experts for things mm-hmm. and that's part of I'm a sociologist so I'm gonna say like part of my socialization like you have to go read everything you know you have to go listen to other people because you're not an expert Right. You know, you don't know. Right. And it's like, okay, like, of course you should read and learn from people, but also at some point you have to trust yourself mm-hmm. and trust that like, even if I'm seeking an expert, I'm seeking it because I have identified what I need mm-hmm. and I'm making a decision that I trust this particular person, you know, not that like they're going to solve all my problems, but I'm making this decision from a place of like knowledge. Right. Not from like, Oh my goodness, I don't know anything. I need someone to help me. Right. Right. You know? And I think that just cultivating that more, Mm -hmm. because I've always been pretty confident, but you know, just that idea of like, you don't always need to go to somebody else to validate your decisions. You know, and I think that was most clear on the health coaching. Like when I first started working with you, I had a health practitioner and I never enjoyed the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, but they know something I don't know. Right, right. And then I was like, do they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that inquiry. Like I'm always saying, like, do they? Question, like question. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, do they, or are you, you like creating a story about like, you're scared, so you want them to be able to like help you with this. Mm-hmm. And just understanding that like, actually, no, I could make my own decision about my health. Yeah. And I could 
choose not to work with this person and I can choose mm-hmm. to like trust my own instincts about it and go to a different person who I'm like, actually, this is what I is going to be better for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know, but that kind of self, self-trust and also not feeling bad about it. Like, oh, you spend so much time with this person who didn't help you. Like, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Why did you do that? You should have never did it. Like mm-hmm. you should have just went to the other person first, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I, I would have never went there if I hadn't done this first. Right. Right. Yeah. Like just the stories, like some of the things that it's like, we carry a story. It's like, we can just drop that. It doesn't serve us. Yeah. yeah. So as a businesswoman, you've hit some pretty big goals through our coaching and we've done the celebrating. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. What do you think the value is on having like a general life coach? Because that's that's how I serve you. Like I don't yeah. necessarily coach you on business business, but even though we do do some, what's the value? Because I see it as like the power of managing your mind, the energy that you would spend mm-hmm. on things on your like your relationship or your health or this mm-hmm. conversation or this one thing that's taking up all your energy. Now it mm-hmm. frees you up to like actually show up for your business. What is that value like? Because I can't explain it, but like, what is it for you as a businesswoman that you get? No, I mean, I think it's invaluable. I remember we were talking like back in November when I was writing my email marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. What if nobody wants to buy this program? It's too this, it's too that, you know, it's too expensive. It's mm-hmm. not enough. And it was definitely like a lot of, like not enough. Right. Like a lot of like scarce. And you were like, how would you write about this program if you thought it was the absolute best thing? Like what makes it good? Right. And I was like, oh, well, this is what makes it, you know, a good program. And then you were like, okay, well, if you wrote to somebody and told them like all the reasons it was good. And I, rem- I remember so vividly, I sat down and wrote my whole email sequence uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> after that coaching call uh-huh. because I was like, oh, now that we have gotten to the thought, like I have a thought that this isn't enough. Right. And that thought is just a thought. It's not true, you know, because I've put a lot of work and effort into this program and I know that people benefit from it. So from there, like how can I describe it to people and like be super clear about what's in it and then say, you know, if this is something that you would like, Mm -hmm. then- feel free, but like, this is what it is. And this is why I think it's awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember you were like on the next call. I think he was like, I wrote my email series in like no time. Like, it- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wrote it in like a day. It was, mm-hmm. it was very fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the value of like changing the mindset. We think it's like, you need strategy or whatever. It's like, I tell my client, like, you know what to do. It's just, sometimes it's just changing that mindset and those little ways in which it does is immeasurable, right? Yeah. If you don't change your mindset, you're not going to trust any strategy. Mm-hmm. There's no strategy you're going to fully trust. Yeah. You know, it's the same with editing. You like my work, like if I edit someone's work or I tell them about it, if they don't believe that they're capable by then going in, implementing these revisions or writing, like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. They have to be able to cultivate that. Otherwise, they're always going to be in doubt. They're always going to be worried about the repercussions that haven't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all of the what ifs. Well, mm-hmm. what if this? And I'm like, we have no idea if that's going to happen. Right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, so just cultivating that because if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to sit down and do the work, at least not for a long time. You can push yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know, but especially for a project like a book, which is like a multi-year project, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to like bully yourself into writing that. Yeah. Like you're just not. Yeah. I look at it as like you're going up the hill and it's it's a hill and it's already hard, but you just pick up boulders along the way, making it so much more harder. So at some point you just wear yourself out. Yeah. Because you have all the boulders. Yeah. It's not the hill. You can do the hill. It's all the extra shit you pulling up along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love when you got on a call with me and we were talking about your first launch that we did together. Like you went through that launch and you ended up with being in a hospital. And it was so (laughs) smooth. Like that was the first time that you were like, Wait a minute. I think that was the first time that you was like, this thought work stuff is really working because you knew had you not been working and doing the thought work, that would have been completely different. Tell them. Oh, my goodness. Don't mind telling them about that. No, that's fine. So that was after I wrote that email sequence. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote the whole email sequence. Good thing I wrote it in a day. Thinking back. But um, over Thanksgiving weekend, you know, we were like, we're going to do a Black Friday promotion. We're going to sell a course. and you know, we set everything up and I had my team like set it up. And then that Sunday after Thanksgiving, I'm like, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. We go to me and my husband, we go to the hospital and they're like, you have appendicitis. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is awful timing. So, you know, I had surgery the next day. Right. And which was the day the sale of the course started. Uh-huh. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm literally in a hospital bed. Like there's, I, what can I do? And I was just like, you know what? I prepared everything that needed to be prepared. Right. I have a team that I really trust. Mm -hmm. And I just have to manage my mind around this because I could be sitting here flipping out and I don't want to go into surgery, like flipping out because that's not going to help. Like, right. Right. That's not really how you want to show up when you're, you know, someone's about to take your mm-hmm. like yeah. blood pressure high, all stressed. Right. So I'm like, it wasn't easy. Like I wasn't like, oh, let me just lay here and have my surgery. You know, like it wasn't uh-huh. easy, but it definitely wasn't the catastrophic, like, oh my God, my business is gonna go under because I'm in the hospital and mm-hmm. No one's going to be able to do it without me. Like it was easier for me to take myself out of it and be like, I trust that Mm -hmm. they're going to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My team's going to run the program, like the group program, Elevate, and then we're going to sell this course and that's just what's going to happen. Like what else can happen? I can't cancel it. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I remember you got on the call and you was like, I cannot believe how calm I was during all of that. Like. The old me would have been like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just the value of like, you just intentionally chose. I'm just going to manage my mind on this and think any these thoughts instead of the other thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's happening. You know, we've gone too far to go back. Like, we're not right. going to go back on this. Right. People are waiting. Like, I told them it's coming. So yeah, now it's here. Yeah. And, and you I'm- made your goal, too. <laughs> yeah. We made our goal. Right. It was like, and I made my go. I loved it. Right. Yeah. 
What else? Anything else that you can think of as value? Because I think as Black women, I don't think we have been exposed enough to the value of coaching, especially, you know, nowadays, like high achieving women, Mm -hmm. that value. It's not a sign of weakness. I actually think it's a sign of strength to say, hey, I'm going to give myself the most support ever. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, I look at these, you know, CEOs and athletes and people like that who have these entire teams around them. You know, I have my trainer, I have my nutritionist, I have my coach for this, I have my coach that teaches me how to throw a ball, I have my coach that teaches me how to like, you know, slide, you know, like you think of a quarterback, like I have Mm -hmm. a sliding coach that Mm -hmm. I don't get tackled, like all of these things. And then you have high achieving Black women were like, oh, well, you know, like I have my group tax and it's like, well, your group tax is amazing, but like that is not right. expert help <laughs> to help you figure out like how to navigate, which is a, a world that was like not designed for you to thrive. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in that situation? You know, right. like, because you shouldn't have to figure it out on your own. Nobody else freaking figures it out all on their own. But somehow, you know, now that it's us, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe go like pick up a book or, right, you know, go find a mentor at work like who are we finding to be our mentor at work like I remember when I was on the tenure track and it's like oh you should find a mentor I'm like there are no tenured black women in this university Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so who am I finding right you know like where like I was just reading the stats this morning because it's been a big thing in academia today about like the number of black tenured women at universities and it's like two percent one percent Right. 3%. So right. it's like, where exactly are we going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to find this? And yeah. also not everyone wants to go to their institution to find it. Because if you're in an institution where you're one of the 2% of people who are black and tenured, it's probably not an institution that values mentoring black women that much. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, right. so I feel like you were saying at the beginning, like having these spaces where you can have this type of support is really important because there are a lot of circumstances out there that you have to navigate and they're different than the circumstances that other people have to navigate. And I believe like structural change is so important, but none of us can go out and participate in that change without like burning out and harming ourselves emotionally Yes, until we help ourselves. Right. And we could do them both at the same time, but like you have to, otherwise you know, you see the rates of burnout, of people leaving, of people having high blood pressure, of people having strokes, right? Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I say people, I mean black women, but like, right. and you need support. Like you need support to help you manage your thoughts so that you're not having, you know, all of these feelings of like suffering all the time. Right. And that's not right. to say that like you're going to ignore the world. That's not it. No, no. It's that you're going to be able to approach it with a different mindset so yes. that you're not always in reactive mode. Right, right. And I think that's one of the things you and I coached on at the very beginning, too, because <clears throat> going through that change that we had last year after George Floyd's murder and Breonna Taylor and everything else, it was all of us having to allow ourselves to have the feelings mm-hmm. and notice our reaction and be reactive. And yet, feel the anger and then process it. And then what energy do I want to take action from? Yes. Not anger. Yes. Cause anger is like, it just burns you out. Like 
you're no good. After a year, like I had you for a year and then you burnt out. I'm like, no, I want you doing your thing for the next 50 years. And it won't be compelled by anger. No, it won't. It's, you know, it's like a fire, you know, like eventually it's going to burn everything. Right. (laughs) And I think, you know, anger can be very generative. Then it has to be attached to something else. Yes. You know. Yes. And if you can't figure out what that is, then you're going to have problems. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just love the way you said it. It's like everybody else, like CEOs, everybody, they get to have that support because they understand like, no, this is me giving myself compassion. This is me allowing myself to serve at my highest capacity in my area of strength. I think it's the best gift that we can give ourselves. Yeah. And also Mm -hmm. realizing, you know, like none of us do this alone. Like that's a myth. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's just me and I figured everything out myself and right. nobody ever helped me and I right. made it. So it's like, give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. Because all these men had wives at home <laughs> totally. who are doing everything so they can focus on their zone of genius. Right. Really? And it's like, oh. and people who cleaned and people who managed their office for them and all of that. And like, that's, of course, that's not what coaching is, but like they had all of that support. Mm-hmm. So that then they can focus on the things they had to focus on. It's like, why can't other people? Right. Yeah, totally. Have support. Yeah. I just like think support of- that's more equitable, you know, that's not so like hierarchical. Yeah, totally. Totally. For sure. And I apologize, y'all, for my lawn guy doing a yard at this time, of course. It never <laughs> fails. I have a neighbors on both sides. And whenever I do a podcast, of course, that's when they're going <laughs> to. Maybe they're trying to listen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sorry for that if you guys didn't hear that well, but I'm sure Colette would do her magic on this, but I wanted to just keep going. So I really do believe like to get to the next level, it's going to take us doing different things because where we are right now is high achieving black women. It's like we have the positions, we have the status, we have everything, but there's another level And I believe that is going to be mindset and like learning how to leverage our mind to get to the next level. It won't be hustling. Like we hustle Mm -hmm. to get here. It won't be hustling. And I'm sure you see that even in your, like, you can't hustle Mm -hmm. your way to finish in this book. You can't hustle your way to grow your business and grow, elevate. It is mindset. That's the leverage key now. Yeah, for sure. That's what I think. And you're right. You can't hustle your way to write a book. and. People think they can. Right. Right. And I've been on like the other end of that with clients who, you know, it's like, you can't, this is not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. Or it's going to work for the book, but you're going to be not good at the end of this. Like, yeah, Yeah. you're going to inflict a lot of harm on yourself by writing your book this way. Right. 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 And that's where coaching comes in because it's really hard to reject that hustle. Yeah, because it's It's what we've been taught. Yeah, it's totally what we've been taught. Like, this is what my mama did, my grandmama did, like everything. Mm -hmm. It's like hustle culture. And we have those thoughts of like, and I have to be 10 times better, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that in the background. I'm like, what if we just got rid of all of those thoughts? Just decide that we were capable, as you said. How would you write the book then? Right? Yeah. How would you you show up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what we say in the program. I'm like, do you imagine how good this book would be if you actually were able to focus on it? Yeah. For at least for the time in this program, like shut out the noise about your book and how you should be doing things. 
Yes. People write so much faster. And that's not something that we advocate. Like we're not a speed Mm -hmm. force. (laughs) But when you let go of all of that, you are able to approach your writing and your scholarship with so much more energy and enthusiasm and excitement that you actually do get shit done. That you're like, last year I wrote one chapter and now I've already drafted two, you know, because I'm just in this container where nobody's telling me like how I should do it or, you know, implying that I'm behind or that I'm not going to make it or that what I'm writing about isn't worth writing about, you know, that's not happening here. Mm -hmm. So I actually get to focus on the words on the page and like the thoughts about my book and my brain and not any of that other bullshit. Right, right. Totally. Totally. And I think that's the same thing with life too. It's like, we can be more creative because when we're thinking like, I can't, I'm not capable or shame or inadequacy, we're in our lower brain. Well, Mm -hmm. the creativity is in our higher brain. So when you move the mindset from, I can't, inadequate or whatever, you do have more energy to be more creative. Mm -hmm. It is going to be faster, but it's because now we have more access to that part of our brain our executive function brain, which is the brain that like is the problem solver, is the creativity. It's like, oh, my ideas always come like at four o'clock in the morning. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, that's how I can explain it to Jane. Or Mm -hmm. this is how I can explain it. It's because my brain has like sipped it through. It's done its Mm -hmm. thing. It's relaxed, totally in parasympathetic. And now I have access and my brain is like, let me solve all your problems for you now. Right. Because Mm -hmm. our brain wants to work. It's an organ. It wants to work. And so it's like, this is how you can do it. And I'm like, genius. Right. Yeah. That's what you do for your clients. And in a sense, that's what I do for my clients. too. No, I think that's I think that's one of the benefits that I've seen over the past eight months. I've been working together nine months. I'm like a year. It's been like I'm just going to pretend it's been a year. It feels like it's been a year. Right. (laughs) Right. Then, you know, I can make decisions faster Mm -hmm. and also they're better. I mean, it might right. just be my thoughts about them. I'm like, I think they're better. So they're right. better. <laughs> totally. Right. But, you know, a lot of like the hemming and hawing that used to happen before, like, well, let me examine like all of these options and think about this and that. And now I'm like, I can just make the decisions faster. Right. Like business, business decisions, especially, but in, in other areas too. Right, right. That it's just like, you don't have to deliberate about this for weeks. Mm-hmm. 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 I think we understand that more when you, like you said, one of the things you learned was more self-trust. Like when you trust yourself more, then the more you have your own back and the faster you make decisions. Well, the faster you make decisions, the faster you get the results and the data and the better you can like pivot if you need to. Data came in. Now I know which direction to go into. Yeah. But like it starts with that self-trust. And then also, like, we don't have to beat ourselves up for our decisions if the decision yeah, doesn't exactly. have an outcome, right? Like, it's like, yeah, like, that's optional. And that's one of the yeah. things I work with you guys on. It's like, no, like, even if the decision didn't turn out the way you thought, it's optional whether or not we decide it's a failure or it was wrong or in the beating up. Like, no, we mm-hmm. have our own back. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the second part of it is like the self-trust, but also the self-compassion. And it's like, yes okay, this went differently. It doesn't mean I made a stupid decision or that I was rash or that I was, you know, doing something 
quote unquote wrong. It just right. means that I made a decision and then things happened. And it's the same with writing. Like people are like, I don't want to write yet because I don't know what I want to write about. And I'm like, well, just put something on the page and try it. Like what's right. that can happen? No one's going to see it but you. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just removing all of the story behind it, like everything and just allowing yourself to like, oh, I'm put something on the paper. I'm going to, I'm going to make this decision. We'll figure it out. Like that self-trust. Yeah. 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 Holding it in your brain does not help you figure it out. Yeah, totally. Like it just doesn't like getting it out. You know, that's what helps you figure things out. Cool. Cool. Anything else you want to bring to the discussion? I don't think so. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I've enjoyed it a lot. I think we have. I've enjoyed, totally enjoyed working with you. And I'm looking forward to like, we still have time. So I'm like, yes. I know. <laughs> and I would say, you know, like as a person who is, you know, like I'm an editor and a coach and I've worked with business coaches, mm-hmm. all of that is really important. Important, like that's scaffolding, but the mindset stuff is, I would say, like it kind of like enables all of the other stuff, you know. So if you don't do that, then the other stuff isn't going to work as well. You're not going to be able to maximize it. Yeah. So for those people who are writing their books and stuck, this is the key, right? And I think so. Yeah, totally, it is right and. For those people in business or in life that are stuck, it really is like there's no action that's going to overcome a poor mindset. It just isn't. It is the container. Like the container is not I need a new software. I need a new how to. I need a new program or anything. Mm -hmm. The container is your mindset. And so when people come to me, it's like, I want a business strategy coach. I'm like, sure, here. And they serve their purpose for sure, yeah, right? No, totally. Definitely. Yeah. But there is no, there's no strategy that's going to get you out the box. It will be you working on your mindset that gets you out that box. Yeah, totally. It's like, you just won't be able to do the other things. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a perfect strategy. It's like I tell people, I'm like, you can have a perfect calendar. You can schedule your writing sessions. And, but if you sit down and you're like, I don't know what's right because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe instead of starting here, because here seems too hard, which right. is a thought, right? I'm going to start here instead, and then I'm going to totally, you know, undo all of the planning I did, and then I'm going to fall behind because mm. I'm not on my plan. It's like, well, you had all this strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you sat down and, you know, things went awry very mm-hmm. Things went awry very quickly. So. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between like doing this work with a coach or like reading about it? Like what, like why, what's the value of like, cause you know, a lot of people like listen to podcasts. Like I know mindset people even know, like they know the model, the two, one of the major tools that I use or like they listen to coaching or whatever, but like, what's the difference of like working one-on-one, especially long-term what's Mm -hmm. that value? What do your clients get? And what did you get from that long-term commitment to one person? As opposed to like just reading about it. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, as a person who loves reading, I mean, I edit books. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to bash reading, but you know, you have to practice. Yes. It's just like anything else. So it's like, if I read about running, but then I don't run, it's like, yeah. so I'm running and that's really good because I'm running. 
Right. Then I run with a trainer and they show me that I've been planting my foot on the ground mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. So now I plant my foot right and I run faster and my knees don't hurt anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, so exactly. it's like every step makes you more skilled. And it doesn't mean like just because you have a trainer doesn't mean you stop running by yourself. Like, of course, you still practice on your own. Yeah. Yeah. But you have this expert guidance that helps you make gains like so much faster and prevents you from hurting yourself, you know, because you can go do things on your own and trial and error. And that can be very rewarding, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take more time. Right. Right. I love your analogy with the runner because the expert can look at you and know what it's looking for. There may be four or five different things that the running coach is seeing that needs to be changed, but it's like, okay, we're going to work on this one. Right. And yeah, you know, we'll take care of the other ones later, but right now we're just going to focus on this one because it has the knowledge of which one is the most important. Exactly. Right. It could be like your shoulders need, but no, we're not going to worry about that. We're going to worry about right now. We're going to worry about just your gait, how you plant that left foot. We're not even going to worry about the right foot right now. We're just going to work on that left foot. And I think the value of coaching with that same person over and over again is like, you don't get another person the next week that's like, oh no, it's your shoulders. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like I remember, and I think, I think this helped me understand coaching. Like I worked out with a personal trainer Mm -hmm. for a while, the same personal trainer for like almost two years, I think. And when I first went in, I was like, oh, I want to improve my upper body strength, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I showed him the exercises I was doing at home and he's like, you have scoliosis and you should not be doing that exercise. And I'm like, well, I watched it on YouTube. And he's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, right. Stop watching YouTube. Number one. Yeah, right. And it's just like, I, I thought I was doing something good. Like I was going out and doing research, like watching different exercises, reading, you know, like whatever magazine about exercising. And I'm like, this is something you do to improve your upper body. And he's like, mm-hmm. but you can't do that. Right. You're actually like not helping yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. totally. You know, and having someone who could see that mm-hmm. and then help you along the way. hmm be like, well, now that, you know, you've reached this point, you don't need to do that exercise as much anymore because that's like a beginner exercise. Right. right. You know, like, let's move to this let's now. To yeah, totally. Totally. Like for me, it's like one of the things I love, like, I'm like, you're beating yourself up. Like I'm constantly telling like, you're beating yourself up. You're judging yourself. And I don't think we as black women understand how much we self-manage ourselves. Like we do that to correct because it was a safety issue of like, I have to manage the way other people think of me. So therefore I have to beat myself up so I can show up a certain way. And just that constant every week of like, you, know, you can beat yourself up if you want to, you know, that's what you're doing. And that's where you like, Oh, that self-integrity and self-trust comes in over time. You just start seeing it. And it's like, Oh, there I go again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a coach that isn't experienced with working with like high achieving black women might not see that immediately. Like they might be like, oh, you know, like it's this. And it's like, well, maybe it's that, but it also might be this other thing because I encounter the workplace or business or relationships in the world like Mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so having that like expert pinpoint to be like, yes, it's natural if you feel this way. And like, Mm-hmm. Yes, your circumstance describing, like, I'm not going to invalidate it and mm-hmm. let's figure out what to do. Yeah, totally. That's it. Beautiful ending. Love that. <laughs> so tell them all the ways to get in contact with you because I know we have some academic people out there that need to write their books. Do you work with other people or just you specifically academic, right? 
Yeah. There you go. So tell them all the things about your program. I support it 100%. How to find you all <laughs> of the like, Rick's been there since the program started. She probably knows more about it than most people. Hey, <laughs> I'm Elevate. Yes. <laughs> tell them all about it. If you, you want to find me, I am Jane Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, PhD on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then Jane Joanne on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My program, Elevate, is a six-month writing, coaching, and editing program for academic women, women identified book writers who, you know, and whether you're working on your first book or your second book or your third book, we welcome everybody. Yeah. And that's a combination of coaching, instruction, like the actual craft of writing a book and project management, productivity kind of support mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, map out the calendar and your publication pipeline and all of that around your book. Right. So. We call it the book spa because we're like, we want you to come in and like focus on your book and like develop clarity and confidence around your book and not feel like you were in, you know, the publisher parish hamster wheel of academia. Like, yeah, try to actually give you a little solace from that. Right. You actually give them feedback on their writing like every week. Yes. Every week you can get feedback on your writing. Right. That's yeah. That's like the distinctive part of the program. Like, right. We will look at, we're nosy and we look at your writing all the time and then give you feedback. Nice feedback. Yes. That's <laughs> valuable. That's totally Kind, valuable. kind feedback. Right. Cause it's helpful like, and kind feedback. Yeah. And if you're helping them manage their mind with it, like feedback, and it's like, okay. And then they just get to work. I love your program. I just love everything about it. I think it's the perfect container for anybody that wants to write a book in academia. I really do. Yeah. I do mm-hmm. too. But I mean, I'm biased, but. <laughs> But there's no program. I mean, there's no program where you get coaching and editing, but just, it doesn't exist. So this is the one. So if that's what you want, if you need all three of those things, and we don't mean productivity, like, oh, I don't write. I need someone to help me like start writing. We mean like no high level productivity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have your book and you have your articles and you have all your other things you're doing. And how do you put this all together? Yes. So that you don't, you know, turn around two months from now and you're like, oh, was I supposed to be writing my book? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes fantastic we're gonna link all your things in the show notes so they can find you so go find her follow her on instagram she's very active yes i'm very opinionated and active on instagram so it's a great place to get to know me (laughs) totally all right well thank you for coming i enjoyed you thank you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available go to brigjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call in 30 minutes we'll see if working together is a great fit brigjohnson.com b-r-i-g-j-o-h-n-s-o-n See you next time.